0: So it's seven metres out. Australia needs to try to win the game.
1: Cobain takes the line out. Australia trying to drive ahead. Gregan again. And Larkham. kefu
2: Welcome back to the Running Rugby Podcast, episode 62. Coming at you, this is Archie Hughes with Leo and Toby, as always. And few international games to talk about over the weekend. A much more subdued podcast than last weekend. A lot more of depressed faces looking back at me and Leo and Toby after that Wallabies performance over at Eden Park. That is the first one. Wallabies going down 36-0 to the All Blacks. A gut check and a bit of a disappointing performance there. Other games around the world, Wales took down England 13-6. South Africa took down Argentina 24-18, that was up in Pretoria. Italy took down Russia 85-15 and France put to bed a disappointing Scottish performance 32-3. But probably the big point in that, the All Blacks aren't number one anymore guys. Wales takes it from the All Blacks with that winning card at 13-6. And we have a new world number one, Wales, first time ever.
1: That's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, good work, Wales. Good, like that's a consistent. That's come from consistent performances. Mm. Uh, I saw some stats um, put up the other day, which talking about the number of wins Wales has against top four teams in the last little while versus the All Blacks, and they've consistently beaten teams in the in the top of the of the ladder. So. Um, you know you don't get there in that point system without beating good teams and presumably um, the All Blacks uh, figures took a bit of a knock when Australia managed to beat them by a record score a week ago that must have really pulled them down being that Australia mm-hmm. ranked six at the time and a loss to a sixth ranked nation by a number one uh, has a pretty decent impact on the on the score yeah Wales
0: are the slightest of margins here getting it and well, they held it for a few hours last time and didn't get it officially and now they've actually got it after beating England. Um, but the All Blacks must feel a little bit upset about it. They've had it for nearly a decade. You know, that's something they always pride themselves on, being the best nation in the world. And although in some ways, maybe they think this could work to their advantage, playing a slight underdog status for the World Cup, even though I think no one's under any illusion about who the best team is.
1: It could, be, uh, it could be just that little bit of extra motivation as well, which uh, we know we don't need to give the All Blacks, particularly last week to this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could argue, though Wales have beaten all the teams uh, in the last 12 months that have beaten the All Blacks, including teams like Ireland, and to- including teams like South Africa, Australia, uh, they haven't actually come up and shown their wares against the All Blacks yet, and that's probably the one final thing that they're going to need to really show if they really want to consolidate that number one status but got it hand it to them you're right consistency 15 out of 16 games won the last 16 games for wales and warren gatlin's got to be stoked with his men that's what he wants coming into this world cup
1: and now obviously australia have to face wales in the pool so uh, a, a properly talented opposition and no certainly no assumption or guarantee of the Of the top spot in our pool, we're Mm. really going to have to switch it on when we get to that World Cup stage. Thing is,
0: now you wonder how long they'll hold on to it because they play Ireland in, I think. Yeah, they play play Ireland twice
2: in the next yeah in the next three weeks, home home and away. So that's going to be a tough one.
0: And New Zealand's got Tonga, so you'd say they're going to win that one. So New Zealand might have this back pretty quickly.
1: Well, if they can win against Ireland, and again they are ranked higher, and they have beaten them recently. Then by by always that's a better opposition in yeah. the rankings to beat. And they they have got more opportunity to increase their their score, their total point score, and get away from the all blacks if they can get at least one win.
2: Let's get into the recap of these week's games. I know you boys are trying to put it off for as long as possible at the moment, but we gotta start with Blooderslow two, Eden Park, a wet and rainy night, a bit of a slippery night. Wallabies pumped up as a chance to take back the Bledisloe Cup, a chance to win at Eden Park, which they haven't done in so so many years, and it just didn't come to fruition. Thirty-six 0 not a point scored. And why don't we start with what Australia did well? All right, and now we'll go nope. to what Australia did badly. Yeah. Uh, Toby, what do you think the biggest the biggest problems were? Um, It was really
0: difficult for me to really pinpoint one particular thing. I just think we did a whole lot of things within our game pretty poorly, and that just added up to a a pretty poor performance overall. Um, The worrying thing was, you look at the stats here, apart from, say, turnovers, which the All Blacks really capitalise on, we were actually pretty even in the stats across the board. And so the All Blacks didn't even enjoy majority possession, territory at all. It was all pretty even there. And yet the scoreline suggests that, look, the All Blacks should have had more ball. They should have kept us down in our own half. But that just wasn't the case. They just, as always, a good All Blacks team, they took their opportunities when they had them. And we couldn't do that. And that was the, the saddest thing about this, I think. Off the back of such a good performance two weeks ago. Um, look, just so disappointed. Um, I was on such a high and now it's just come crashing back down to earth now.
1: Yeah, my take on this game we we changed, we definitely changed our tactics somewhat and that may have been to try and keep things fresh and surprising from the previous week cuz obviously the All Blacks had a full 80 minutes to review and see what we managed to do to break them down but maybe also an adjustment for the weather and and probably unfortunately errors in the weather as well like if to give us one positive I actually think the the passing through the back line when we when we were kind of ranging out wide, wasn't too inaccurate. We got the ball uh, into the right areas, but the All Blacks had made more efforts to push up and, and rush our, our attack. And so we, we then didn't have any support and, and the, pin, uh, the pinpoint precise clean out at the ruck to retain the ball. Um, but, yeah, the, the wet weather footy, the more kicking. Uh, we had, you know, people dropping bombs in the backfield, we had more cutout passes going wider, faster. I don't think that helped us. I think when we went through the hands and drew players, we were actually better off the previous week. You know, the, it, I think the, the kickoff, the very first kickoff, it just sort of felt like, oh, things aren't aren't quite right today when Lalefano, um, I believe, stuffed up the first kickoff and then we piggybacked the All Blacks down the field.
2: Yeah, that's a um, bad Got start. ourselves under
1: a lot of pressure early, yeah, and, and just never wrestled any momentum back from there. Uh, you then go on to miss a couple of penalties and, you know, again, things just weren't going right. And the, I guess the biggest issue I see is that in 80 minutes, we couldn't turn that around. We had a yellow card at one point, so we were, had the numbers advantage. We we had, you know, 50% possession. We, we weren't good on the territory, but that's a result of how effective you are with the ball. So in 80 minutes for us to not to find a way to change our game and, and, Win back some momentum Get some go forward Is is a bit concerning
2: Yeah it was tough Especially as you say Like missing a couple Of early penalties And even Handing really The first try To the All Blacks On the back of some Good attacking play And Beal just gets pressured Throws a pass Maybe a little bit Behind Hodge Hodge maybe overrunning A little bit And then Richie Mong Scoops it up And runs 50-60 metres To score And such a change Around there When we were actually Starting to look strong And that seemed to sat the rest of our strength but you're right even with our injection and we we talked last week about how good this bench was and what a game changer it can be coming on and still it showed some flashes but we still didn't really capitalize bringing that on we didn't gain any more momentum and we couldn't quite convert that into any
1: points yeah like i think our front row stocks like when taniela came on immediately noticeable trying to get turnovers Falafanga brought a lot of energy. I don't think Tolu was too bad anyway, but you're right. You didn't see much impact from – so James Slipper didn't have that noticeable impact he's had in the past, probably because the All Blacks were matching the energy and, and didn't take any easy shots. Rob Simmons is not a guy who comes on with a whole lot of energy to to kind of spark the game. He's, he's a uh, consistent, more reliable style second row who's going to do some jobs but not – blow you away with anything. So, I guess that's what we've lost by having Rory Arnold out and Coleman coming in to start the match. You don't have that express energy off the bench. And then like Adam Ashley Cooper, did you even notice him? Like I know he didn't mm. play for that long, but I just feel like that's a waste of a spot. Like he's he's a great player of the past. I don't think he's going to bring the same energy coming on now. Um he's I, I don't know what the purpose of that type of player on the bench is if it's if it's not to spark a recovery in dire circumstances, it, what is it to, to just defend out a lead? Yeah, I, I just don't think we should be p- picking a player for that sort of purpose. The same reason I didn't like Nick Phipps as our backup. Oh, he's a great defender. Well, why are we planning to do a lot of great defense at the end of the game when we probably need to score points? Has, has two dads
2: become two granddads now? Is that where we're at with him? Old, old great dad <laughs> Ashley Cooper? <laughs> Can't
1: stay young forever.
2: He's
0: look. He, he wants to be there. You can't kind of, you can't have a go at him, really. Yeah, for, you can't fault the desire. obviously of his, it's a selectors, like.
1: Yeah, that's you're right. I'm I not, think I'm we're expecting
0: we're expecting to lock this this game down. We thought, okay, maybe we'll be ahead by five points, and we bring someone on like that. And maybe if O'Connor was slightly carrying something, and he can lock down the game for you, and and he won't make mistakes, but that's not the right mindset and when we could have had someone's like Maddox coming on or I don't know just someone with a bit more spark in their game at, at this point in time mm. I do think it's a waste of position I don't I don't like him being selected in the 23 whether you want to waste a spot in the squad for him at this point maybe for the World Cup because of his impact around the group generally but in the 23 he hasn't deserved like his form hasn't Picked him in that team at all mm. I don't see where this is coming from I mean, Maybe he's training the house down I don't think that's enough to, to be earning a spot in this
1: 23 We talk about him as a utility And I know that's what he's been in the past But really based on Based on where he's spent his time In the last 12 months that we've seen Could you really say He's, a, no, he's an a, effective he's Utility player still Like he's, he's spent most of his time on the wing I don't think
0: you can't say that he can do it just based on the fact he's played thirteen for the like the Waratahs most of the season. He hasn't played wing much at all. Yeah, I'd be worried he's about covered.
2: putting him on the wing, especially with...
0: I just think he's and lost pace around there. there yeah. They were saying the same thing about O'Connor, which is a worry as well, <clears throat> that he's lost that top-line pace and the, the only place maybe we can afford to play him is at 12 and 13 because you don't have to be as quick. And on the fringes there on the wing... He might be more of a liability. So if you've got O'Connor and two dads there, who are both guys that you're saying, well, look, they're probably not what they used to be five, ten years ago. That's such a liability to be ca- carrying two backs in your squad with that kind, of, those kind of weaknesses.
2: I didn't, I didn't see that weakness from O'Connor though. I mean, he didn't get a huge amount of chance with the ball, but in defence. He's able to read the game just as well and I think he's still one of our best backline defenders in terms of being able to cover when there are a man down or there is an overlap. He seems to be able to cover that really well. It was something I didn't see from Reece Hodge in that game with two tries down his channel. Yeah, he had forwards on the inside struggling to get across, but he got himself caught in no man's land where he didn't come in to help. He stayed on the outside and he's not fast enough to cover people like bridge on the outside so people run past him he turns to try and defend and suddenly there's a two-on-one with the
1: fullback and not not only that like he we think he, he was in out of position in attack maybe overrunning the pass and and then not not in the best position and covering in, in defense but the all blacks i feel like they their game also targeted him and, and maybe marika because it didn't seem like we were shifting our back three around to to really cover all the all the backfield for all these kicks, which left spaces. And then you see someone smart like Aaron Smith starts putting in these short box kicks and long box kicks and you they're playing exactly what's in front of them rather than just these predictable, repetitive, deep box kicks. Um, And and we had to keep adjusting and we were never quite in the right spot. Well, you can't really be in the right spot. If you've got too few people at the back, there's gaps and they just kick them into the gaps. And that's what the All Blacks did. That was quite smart. They, They forced us to chase the ball.
2: And it comes down to, again, we're kicking off the front foot versus kicking defensively, and we were forced to kick defensively most of the time in that game. We never really had the go forward because the All Blacks forwards stepped up. We weren't getting the metres outside. Probably Nyssa Rani was still the only one making um, consistent metres in attack, and the rest of us were getting stopped by really good All Blacks defence. And then on the other side, they're having players continually break a few tackles. Artie Sevilla someone really needs to learn to just take him early, take him low, drop cut his legs out, because people keep trying wrestling up high and he keeps throwing people off and makes fifteen meters, ten, fifteen meters every time he gets the ball.
1: Yeah, that's all true. He he had a great game. Actually We talk a bit about the All Blacks, I thought he and, and Sam Kane were really effective. Um not not only because we weren't Particularly effective at countering them, but mm. they were doing their, they were playing their role really well. And Kieran Reed really actually, Kieran Reed was very physical again in this game.
2: That back row um, really Sam stepped Sam was over
1: the ball. Yeah, and 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 there was a lot of talk about how poor they were last week. So mm. that that would have made a big difference to this All Blacks team. Um, the the front row was was funny. Would they, oh, I thought they were gonna actually concede ground because their their props did get. Um, Card, uh, not carded, um, penalised in the scrums early on. Yeah. I thought oh, they might be regretting dropping Owen Franks here, um, but no. Later on, they they lifted and um, look, they were they were pretty effective. Patrick Tuilodu had a had a pretty reasonable game coming in to start, and and the backs all fired. So another inf- interesting point for the All Blacks is: do people like Rico Yuani and Ben Smith now have less of a grip on their position? Are they are they at th- under, risk, under threat of being uh, excluded from squads or maybe just match day 23s.
2: Potentially, I think they showed that the smaller, faster wingers really worked wonders, and that's really what the Springboks have been able to exploit rather than having these big bull guys. They have these smaller guys that have still managed to front up on defence but are lightning quick, and they carved through the Australian backline in that case. But speaking of the scrums, Wallaby's... Have got to be embarrassed. Losing to or conceding two scrum penalties to a seven man underpowered all black scrum with Kieran Reed in the second row. That's embarrassing, man. That's embarrassing as a Wallabies fan to watch your team not be able to take down a seven man scrum where they're a hundred kilos down without Dan Coles.
0: Well they did it last week as well. They they prevented us really dominating the scrum's. We were we were better last week, but Kieran Reed went into the second row two weeks in a row, didn't he? I think he did. Oh, I'm pretty sure he did. Anyway, I don't know, man. I'd,
1: again, I don't really <laughs> want to talk about this. Thing.
0: It's a terrible
1: Move on. We can Just move on. Just, um. All right. All and, right. and just Let's... don't not not forget. Um, Moanga appears to have some sort of uh, shoulder injury. They haven't mm. spoken a lot about it yet. They, I think they, the noises they're putting out more than. More than words are, are just suggesting that he's probably going to be all right, but um, that, that's a little bit of uh, something to sweat on between him and Jack Goodhue and a couple other players who are either suspended or injured. Um, it's not all going to be clear sailing for the All Blacks coming into this uh, World Cup pool matches, and, and we know they've got South Africa in in the first match. I think so. Plenty, Good. plenty for them to prepare for. It's not going to Good. be. Good. I hope they, I hope nice they get money.
0: rolled in the pool stage. <laughs> and then they'll end up I playing us and knocking teams. us out
2: in the semi-finals. <laughs> That's a other question. If, they come, if we come up against All Blacks in the World Cup, should that be considered Low Three with a chance to take take the trophy back? It's your third test of no. the year.
0: No, what is it... <laughs> we're not good enough. We don't deserve another opportunity.
1: Like that was. <laughs> well, Seriously I think we'll be more back. worried about another bit of hardware.
0: Just we need to. <laughs> We had the perfect setup for this and we blew it. Let's be clear, we even half as well as we did in Perth, it wouldn't have been that scoreline. It would have been like, you know, 32 to 16 or something. That was just ridiculous. We didn't score a point. Like, come on. Let's be honest. We got absolutely shown up here.
2: Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, that Perth is the ground. words of a broken man in Toby Hughes.
0: I'm, just, I'm sick of having so much hope for a team and then, bang, it's gone. Like, uh, just come on! A bit of consistency would would go a long way.
1: That's that's a good point. Like consistency is is the one thing Australia definitely can't claim. Going to have these huge peaks and then and then massive troughs as well. On the, on the, I think Sean Burns are bringing some good stuff to the attacking coach position though. Because I remember last year the, the attacking. To our eyes, didn't make any sense. We were doing all these bizarre kicking routines and and it felt like we, we didn't want to have the ball the entire time. Well, I think that's certainly changed with Sean Byrne. So, so credit to him and, and the team working together. I think that's the talk that, is that's all
0: checker. I, the talk is that checker uh, tells him what to implement.
1: No, seriously, I, I don't know. I don't, whatever it is, that's Sean Byrne's got fired
0: because he wouldn't do what checker wanted him to do. And so, well, checker said, No, we're going to play my way, Sean Byrne slightly inexperienced coach going to come in he has a good relationship with the players and he does have a lot of potential perhaps going forward but he's not probably you know necessarily the the caliber of coach at this stage in his career to be the wallabies attacking coach and have everything relying on him i think checker is implementing that and he's just kind of taking orders but still it does look a lot better than last year and i I think that's a really good thing. Like, if we can, we do have the capacity to score tries, but we do need guys like Bill to fire, Hodge to fire. We can't just have, you know, one great performance and then you just absolutely go missing or just make poor decisions the whole game. Like, it it just doesn't make any sense. And that's why people are against Kirtley. Because, again, he has to be consistent. Because we know how good he can be. But he can't just have two good games, one bad game and keep yeah. jumping around. We need to see this week to week. The,
1: and how many times in this game early on where we where we were attacking well, uh, but then the, that last pass, so the pass that, that Hodge knocks forward, Moanga picks up and runs the other way, like that was an opportunity. It was a final pass. You know, the momentum could have swung back the other way. Lots of opportunities like that where things are looking okay, but a small error um, and and the All Blacks, uh, intensity and and presence there around the ball. They turn around their the counterattack has been one of their best features for a long time, and we couldn't wrestle back any momentum. Like that's it's it's that ability to, to to stop and take stock and and settle and start rebuilding and and maybe simplify your game. And we still don't seem to have that capability. So we're we're definitely a uh, a wounded. Like well, we're definitely. Um, ripe for, ripe for unsettling, and then and then just rolling in these games.
0: But I can tell you, we've been doing that exact thing for three years against England, and England get a roll on from those little erratic mistakes we make—a pass that doesn't go to the hand behind the line, someone tows it through, or just picks it up and runs fifty metres. I've seen it two or three times with Jamie Joseph. Like, it just happens too often. And Foley's guilty of it. I've seen Bill guilty of it. Um, I don't know, it's just like we're throwing these passes that don't go to hand at the wrong times in games and we weren't seeing that in Perth. That's why I just don't get it. I know the weather comes into play, but we should be able to adjust and I just think Mm. that sometimes we don't think enough. We're not playing smart rugby occasionally and it, it does really get to me.
2: It does seem to come back to a bit of a mindset because a lot of these games, especially when we start playing these Northern Hemisphere teams, In that first 20, 25 minutes, it's a real struggle and it's a physical battle. And honestly, most of the time, one team doesn't get the leg up on the other until someone makes a mistake. And the Wallabies have been guilty really often of being the first ones to blink, being the first ones to make a mistake, pass, go to ground, doing something silly, allowing that team through. And that's going to be the biggest issue, especially when we come up versus Wales, because we know they're going to be very good defensively. But we should have the medal on them when it comes to attacking we saw this weekend scored able to score one try last weekend they were only able to score two tries late like they're not they're not going to come out and put 40 points on you like the All Blacks will so even if we do concede early we need to solidify because we can beat these teams just on based on attacking power alone
0: the biggest issue is that Wales are a team that grind you down and you're right, they don't score a lot of points, but they don't make a lot of errors either.
2: Mm. And they
0: do that with like throughout the game. It's not even just the first 30 minutes, 20 minutes. Like they continue like that. And so we almost need to match them in that department, and then also back our attacking abilities, which we can do. But you're right, we just can't blink. We can't be the first ones to make a stupid mistake, because then the momentum builds against us, and we have a tough time once we're, you know, once we're behind we do struggle to get it together and, and really yeah. able, be able to recover.
2: So let's go into that. That was Wales versus England in this other game, and that was just one try scored in the whole game. England only able to score two penalties. They did have an early yellow card at 30 minutes to Anthony Watson, but their backline really didn't stand out as much in this game as it did in Twickenham a week before, where you had Jonathan Joseph and Anthony Watson and Kokusana going really well and really breaking through line at will. Wales' defence really solidified in this one, and good on them as well, because they've lost their front-line uh, fly-half with Gareth Anscombe going down on ACL. He's out of the World Cup now, so Dan Biggers had to come in. Is by all means very, very handy, and was previously their front-line half uh, fly-half, and seems to be leading that team well, kicking well. So, I'm still good con- things to see.
0: I'm still confused with England that you know, you've got Farrell obviously on the bench. You got Tua Langy on the bench. You got Ben Youngs on the bench. Are they just? Are they playing this, a second is half not their... team? Like how? Yeah. How is this factor in? Because obviously they had a good win last week.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, but I know that I think last week as well they were playing 4 at ten. So they were. It's
2: interesting that Farrell is being rested. I think they're protected. just. Yeah, I think protected. they're just holding him back because they're worried about him getting injured. It's a very
0: different mindset to what we're doing, isn't it? And I mean, maybe that is that just because he's so solidified in that position, they think, well, you know, George Ford's going to be the backup, so we'll give him some time. We don't need to worry about Farrell; he can play limited minutes, and we're happy with that. Whereas somewhere, someone like Australia is like, who's our ten? We're still trying to figure that out. Similar with New Zealand, who should be ten? Who should be at fifteen? Like they're still working out these things, whereas England seemed to already know their combinations, maybe a bit more firmly.
2: See, I don't know if it's the best result for them because they don't have a, a concrete idea of who they're playing at twelve and thirteen. And so I, still I would be, be thinking
0: Tuolanghi. it's got to be. Tuolanghi. He was
2: he was really dynamic last week coming off the bench and broke straight through the Welsh defense that had stopped so many. So yeah. I think if Toulalan is healthy, I think that's a really good option, but. And then you've got Johnny May coming back.
0: You know, Daly's going to be there somewhere. Cook you can maybe he starts, maybe he doesn't. But England's a funny one because they do have good depth and they are kind of able to rotate quite well um, mm-hmm. and give these guys some needed time. Whereas I don't think,
2: you know, even... For, well, again, Australia doesn't have that luxury almost. You'd expect their backline to be Youngs, Farrell, potentially Tuolangi and then Slade at 13. But we're yeah. not going to see that probably potentially they might roll it out against Ireland in the coming week. Yeah, but
0: that's, that's true. You'd
2: hope to see that they're going to actually play that combination because otherwise it's going to be a really fresh because those players haven't played together with Tua Lange there in a long time.
0: Well, they've got Ireland then they've got Italy. So I think you're right. Maybe they're targeting this coming game to, to really step it up. But it is a different mindset and Eddie seems to know what he's doing, but you'd have to think as well, yeah, are they going to be slightly sluggish coming into that pool stage of the World Cup where they have France, who looks potentially in form, and Argentina, I think, will be a threat. So they really do have to be playing some good rugby from the start of that tournament.
1: Is it interesting, just speaking more broadly about these, these schedules, so the Northern Hemisphere teams, the guys in the Six Nations, so they played one or two games during our three- to four-game sort of rugby championship and this extra international but they've got another three two or three internationals more leading into the into the world cup are they just matching us with four internationals thereabouts and playing them a bit closer to the world cup or are they actually playing more games than the southern hemisphere nations i think it might be maybe it's still just four and it's just a bit later
0: yeah i think it's i think from what i'm see here it's about four games that each team yeah. gets but it does vary a little bit um but yeah you're right like it it's only just started in the last kind of week or so, effectively. So they've had yeah. a later start to it. It's a longer lead-in, um, and they've been training together for for quite a while, these squads, after the Northern Hemisphere tournaments have come to an end. But, yeah, like they're timing almost, like they're playing games closer to the start of the World Cup.
1: Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how teams like Wales, England, Ireland, if they they come in and they seem to be sort of warm already, their their match fit and and they're sort of straight into the task. You know, is mm-hmm. it a team like I guess New Zealand and South Africa are gonna have the same challenge that they play each other and, and they're coming off probably at least a couple of weeks, um, where they, or maybe even a month where they've played one game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they curious to see how, yeah. how it sets up for it both does. groups.
0: The biggest downside though is potential injuries and then only having, say, two weeks for those those guys to recover. Whereas now you know the Wallabies have two weeks until the next game, and then a further two weeks till the tournament starts. So that gives them a yeah. full month. If anyone is carrying anything, um, I, that's the only potential downside I could see. But you're right; it it would be a good thing to be close, playing close to the tournament, just to keep that momentum rolling. I guess.
1: Was there some other competition that's been happening that stopped the Northern Hemisphere teams starting earlier? Uh, no, no, they all yeah, so the in end of May. Yeah. So that made yeah. that choice really. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's what I think it would be interesting to see what happens uh, with those teams. Because if some of them have, I mean, Gareth Gareth Anscombe's a huge loss for Wales, but that's that's r- doesn't really matter that it was now or two weeks ago. It's
0: Joe Joe um, but... Carberry for Ireland's been out as well. So there's a few guys mm-hmm. there that in key roles that have suffered some injuries early on in these fixtures, and yeah, so there's some teams that are going to suffer through that. It's just whether um, you know. There's still a few games to go, obviously, so we're going to see some more, I'd say.
2: Speaking of keeping up the momentum, South Africa, again, put on a polished performance against the Argentinian side that showed a little bit more fight, but it was definitely a second-string team The Springboks put out there, resting people like Malcolm Marks, Esben uh, Kits off, as well as, uh, this was Khaleesi's game back, but as well as Andre Pollard um, and DLN day as well as most of their back three as well, Faf de Klerk, um, Willy LaRue. But they really stepped up as well, and Kosi had a couple of tries in this game, uh, stepped up. And they, looked, they look every bit a threat for this World Cup against yeah. uh, against any team, really, that they come up against.
0: I think anyone that's had the perfect lead into a World Cup at the moment, South Africa's really nailed it. And, you know, resting guys in that first game against the Wallabies and still taking a big win, rolling into New Zealand and nearly getting a win there and just ending up with a draw. But then two wins again against Argentina. They they barely put a foot wrong here. And they're really giving their wider squad, which has a lot of talent in it. They're getting a, a fair bit of time across these these different players. So it is, it's encouraging, I think, for them. And they need to, again they're going to have a much tougher time if they don't win their pool against New Zealand. So I think this is the best opportunity they would have had, um, perfect lead-in for that kind of fixture in the pool.
1: And I agree that, yeah, internationally doing well, but think back to Super Rugby. They had all five, sorry, all four teams travelling along at a pretty similar level. Um, Maybe in the structure of the Super Rugby, um, it, it doesn't necessarily suit the the final, the playoff structure, but mm. they had four pretty consistent teams like they were losing some games, winning some games but they're all there and thereabouts, they all had something to show um, not like say the Australian Conference or even the New Zealand Conference with you know, a couple of teams right up high and then the rest of them not doing so well um, is it all just levels It just building through Super Rugby, we all have a pretty reasonable season into internationals, alright we all know what we're doing does seem very ordered and very, very well-prepared for what's to come.
0: And Rassi, I think, is just a smart coach. He's just thought this through and he's really put it all together. So I'm really interested to see how he can actually go on a World Cup and really make a run at this because who's really in form right now? I mean, Wales are doing pretty well. Ireland, they're stuttering a little bit. England haven't quite brought it together. So you're probably yeah. still looking at South Africa and the All Blacks. And the All Blacks haven't had the best year either. So this, this might be an opportunity to really make a dent early on in the tournament and then just roll straight through the final.
2: Yeah, as you said, it's going to be a tough, tough slog for them. But yeah, they definitely seem to have had the best preparation. Uh, other games that we had, we had Italy take down Russia by a huge amount, 85-15. Probably very nice for... Um, the Azuri to get a good win under their belt probably after a couple of tough years and not having that much taste of victory so good for that team to taste a little bit of that Um, and then probably one of the worrying signs France really dominated Scotland over in Paris 32-3 the Scotland just never really getting into this match and France uh, with a bit of a every time I see their team it's a bit of a new look team but Some of the stalwarts, people like Maxime Medard, fullback, um, really stepping up in this one as well. Um, And they've still got people like Fofano in the midfield that seem to continually produce for them. So I think, one, that's a worrying sign for Scotland. We'll see what they can do coming the reverse leg back at Murrayfield this week. But that's good signs for France as well because they're obviously in that pool versus England and Argentina. And so they're they're going to need to be on their best to to make it through that pool stage.
0: Still want to see Bastard at number eight calling it don't think it's going to happen but
1: it'd be hilarious I want to see England go out in the pool stages again there's, there's, there's a chance don't, here I don't think it's going to happen I think it's ultimate the like sneaky sneaky dark horse for everything they, they okay. can pull it together out of nowhere and, and look look amazing and they were pretty good last year against New Zealand they were crippled when they had um, those red cards but yeah you know they're a competitive side with a lot of belief and then obviously the argentinians are up and coming if if they both play their best football it's not going to be straightforward let's just win this pool for england it's going to be a real contest
2: hmm. imagine the, the, the big two and the, biggest, a row, boys. and the biggest thing is that i think we we don't really take into account is the fact that that this is at a neutral venue it's in tokyo it's in Um, Japan, where a lot of these players haven't been playing. They're not used to the condition. It's probably going to be very good, most of the time being in domes, most of the time be good weather, good attacking rugby. But these are teams that play so well at home and don't tend to play. You see, the All Blacks play in Australia, not quite play the best, play at home, suddenly are unbeatable. England, the same, play Wales at Twickenham, get the win, but go away to Cardiff, and they're not quite as on form. So I think the fact that this is that neutral ground, which... Is different in this case because there's not one of those top eight teams that's playing at home the whole time. You don't have England getting to play at home. It's Japan, which hell, this may actually help them take down someone like Scotland and make it out of the pool stage. But for the I most just think teams, I think England's trump it,
0: card. England's trump card is Eddie, and he's coached Japan. He's coached in Japan. He just has such a wealth of experience. He's coached so many different international teams in so many different venues. He's coached how many World Cups? I think. Is this his fourth, maybe? Never won one. He's never won. He's won one with South Africa. So I think he was assistant coach in 07. But still, I think he's got such a wealth of experience. They'll be prepared well. Um, But you're right. Like, it does really take away that extra element of home ground advantage. And like you said, these teams like France and Argentina, if they have quick dry ball, they tend to play better. And England, bigger pack, you can
2: run them around.
0: And so... It's going to be an interesting dynamic there in japan
2: yeah did you see that they're making a film actually about japan's win over south africa in the last world cup hmm.
1: nice propaganda like yeah really
2: interesting.
0: most famous win by japan isn't it i mean that could be well, surpassed yeah. this world cup you just don't know i think japan's building like we've talked about whether they can kind of rise to those heights again who knows mm. but it's definitely a good sign and Again, after they're losing the Sunwolves after next year, we want to see some good news come out of J- Japanese rugby.
2: Yeah. Well, there's a few games to look at over the next couple of weeks. Uh, the Southern Hemisphere teams are taking a couple of weeks off, but we've got, as I said, Scotland-France back at Murrayfield. England are taking on Ireland at Twickenham. will be a big game there to see what Ireland can put on the park, uh, what their team's going to look like without, with a few key injuries. Georgia taking on Russia... And then a week later, we've got Uruguay starting their warm-ups versus Brazil. France taking on Italy. Fiji versus Tonga out at Eden Park in New Zealand. That'll be a, a really not good game to see. And then Wales going off well, hosting Ireland first before they head off and play in Dublin as well. A lot of really interesting games coming up. Really going to change a lot of momentum going into this World Cup. And Fascinating. I think Georgia get to host Scotland as well
0: over in Fleecy, so, you know, Georgia, they haven't quite got that shot yet at the Six Nations, but it could come at some point, and it's good to see them rising up the ranks.
2: And that all comes before we see the Wallabies taking on Samoa out back in Sydney, first test in Sydney for the Wallabies in 2019, while the Springboks are heading over to Japan early and playing Japan on the Friday the 6th, while uh, New Zealand are taking on Tonga up at Waikato Stadium there as well so those are the final games for the Southern Hemisphere teams before we get into this World Cup which as I said is under 5 weeks away now
1: Maybe Australia will set a better record at Bank West for the Wallabies uh, than than the Waratahs did this year, I hope hope that's not a sign of things to come, Waratahs losing 3 from 3 at the new stadium, Wallabies uh, hopefully giving themselves a, a nice steady run into the World Cup and setting up that ground as a fortress. Do you, do
2: you see the Wallabies playing a frontline team by like this, or do you see more changes coming in? We talked about this earlier before we started recording. Whether Foley comes in, whether you get other people, whether Banks gets another chance.
1: Look, I I don't think there's any any value considering this is going to be te- uh, played after the World Cup squad is released. We believe, based on based on what we've heard, um, I don't I don't see any point in playing anything. Unless guys are carrying injuries or or they need the rest, why wouldn't you just play your standards, your best starting lineup? You want guys to spend time, particularly at training. Um, if you're spending all this time training for the World Cup, and and then you play a different combination on match day, I just don't see the value in that. They're going to have to decide who their best is. If they need to make a last minute change after that game, well, they're probably going to do it in the World Cup. Than uh, the lesser games anyway. I think you keep playing Christian, you keep playing Nick White. You know, we talked about whether you toy with Banks at fullback and give Beale a break. That's obviously my preferred position, but um, I can see it. I can see it staying as it is. If guys are fresh and 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 they can play, I think we play our best team.
0: Well, this is all assuming that, say, someone like Banks is actually picked in the squad. And this is the trouble, right? At the moment, we don't know who's going to be there. Guys like Banks could miss out. DHP could miss out, potentially. Guys we wanted to see, like Valentini, could miss out. Jack Dempsey could miss out. So we don't know how that squad's actually going to settle. But once it does, I still believe, because of how poorly we played against the All Blacks in Eden Park, that... Spots like the 10 spot for the Wallabies are still open. And I think that's why someone like Foley will get an opportunity to show how he can play in this new system because he's only had one opportunity so far and then Christian's had three in a row now. So I think it's only fair for certain positions that guys do get another opportunity. and I think Foley will be one of them. Look, I'd I'd still be keeping another guy that if he makes the squad, I think TK will get another opportunity at 13. Um, But there is some. could miss out, which would be, I think, extremely sad for him. But, yeah, there's certain positions, I think, that you have to play the top guys, like Samu Kurevi. I think, you know, you don't really need to rest him. I think he's going to develop further in that 12 spot, play him. Nick White deserves to retain his spot at 9. Issi Nisirani should be there at 8. It's whether Pocock gets a run, maybe, potentially. Or do you put him in cotton wool? That's another option, you know, because Hooper might not need to play this game. He's taken a lot of hits over the last... You know, four games, do you just wrap him up a little bit and let Pocock have a run? Who knows? These are all these things that come into play at the moment based on how well guys are tracking, are they injured or not, who gets picked in the squad. There's just so many variables at the moment. I think we'll probably be able to pick things a little more clearly once we know the squad.
2: See, I'm more the feeling that some of those guys, I agree that if you're going to rest people, it is those guys like, Hoopa, that's assured. Is he nice? probably could rest because he's you know that he's going to be your eight. Simon Crevy could be your 12. But what happens if you do, like, as you say, and you put Foley into 10, TK back into 13, or any of these players back in, and they have a really good game, but then you're saying, well, they've had a really good game against Samoa. Does well, you've got to take that into, into consideration. Really good no, that... it's all... if, if I don't Foley think If absolutely... helps you. Like, does that really help you make that decision versus Fiji? Like, no. you go, okay, well, then they're going to play well against Fiji, and then does that mean they're going to play well against Wales, or do you want... Look, like, I would I'd, say... I think that might make more questions, and probably some yeah. questions well, if you if you will pick, Checker that he doesn't you, want to answer.
0: If you pick Christian in the game against Samara, unless he gets injured or has the worst game of his life, there's no way Foley comes in at 10 against Fiji. So, do you say, Foley, one more chance... We know what Christian can do. Here's your opportunity, but it is against Samoa, so we're going to keep that in. You know, it's all relative in terms of performance. It's a weaker team. If he doesn't play really well, means look, he's got absolutely no shot.
1: But yeah, if Christian well.
0: has a has a terrible game, possibly for the second, you know, consecutive game because he didn't play that well against the ABS in Auckland, then what do you do? And you go, okay, well, should we be looking at Folly, or oh, we can't because it's now we got Fiji. Or do you say, well, is we keep rolling, you Christian? Put, I don't
2: know. Do you, get, it, do you get Foley onto the bench then and then be like, that's, oh, what, if I, he's that's struggling what I've been is... saying the
0: whole time. Like now Tamur has a, a slightly better game. His best game of the series. He didn't even do that much. He looked a bit better. But now Foley hasn't happened, had an opportunity for three or four weeks. It's just, I think it's, it's been a poor selection on the part of the, the panel with guys like Tamu and even banks dropping him after the first game and then what he gets one run off the bench and that's it it's it's not good player management in my opinion with these certain guys that are slightly on the fringe but possibly still need more opportunities to show their wares
1: i think you you gain the opportunity if you if you say play your best best team and people don't have the best game you go and you review that game and you've got time through training to work on what went wrong. None of these guys are incompetent footballers, obviously. They are where they are because they can play well. If if your frontline guys have a poor game, rather than going, oh, well maybe Christian's not the guy based on one or two games, it's just it's it's more tape for you to go back and work with him on what he's not doing as well as in other games where he did play really well. So you say, okay, in this game you did this really well. In this game you look like you we're trying to do this instead. Let's not, you know, stick to the plan, whatever it is. If you introduce Foley, you know, if you had a, a bloody Joe Powell, Foley, Tamua, TK back line. It's not going to be
0: Joe Powell, though.
1: No, I'm just saying, like, if they went and mixed it up completely and they all performed really well, you'd have one one game where they've all played well and you go, OK, well, that's what these guys bring to the table, but we're not going to suddenly go grass is greener and jump to them instead of the guys we've been preparing again it just it just sort of gives you more information in the heat of the the cauldron of a real game to help tune their training leading into the World Cup and i would <laughs> rather see our frontline starters get more opportunities to have their their the errors in and the deficiencies in their games shown in the Samoa game if they are there and then worked on than bringing in more guys who i think they've made their decisions about no, but, but I mean, what there's still there is capable reserves, but
0: what positions can we agree on that still need work? Hooker is one. I think our props had a bad game in this last one, but prop, I think our prop front is row not, and reserve front shot. row
2: is set. I don't think that's going to change.
0: I still think Hooker is up for debate a little bit. Firing perhaps hasn't played that well in the last couple of games, and Tolu has played a lot better, but I don't think he's locked in completely. So I would still say Hooker is.
2: Mm. I can. Still, I can definitely. Still, Agree still that picking Flau between. Could start, second row, still those six people that are going to be playing every game.
0: Second Unless row, like, I think we're pretty happy with as well. Back Arnold row. Yeah, potentially Skelton may come back, and that's another thing. But if he does, that's only probably going to threaten Rob Simmons because I think Coleman's going to be there. So then number six, we can talk about Skelton later if you want, but he probably won't come back. But if he does, he will come straight in. Which yeah. is not fair, anyway. But anyway, six, Salakai Loto, poor performance. I think he is at risk of being rotated out for someone else. Um, seven and eight comes back to poor selection
2: when he's had four games, and now you're going, oh, maybe he's not the guy.
0: No, 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 no. I never, I didn't think he was locked in throughout those. He had a good game in Perth, but he didn't have the best game, and I think he let himself down in the fourth game. His first two games were okay, so I think yes. six is still up for debate. Nine, I think Nick White's locked that down for now. Ten, I still think there is room for someone else to come in and that only that person, in my opinion, could be Foley. I don't think you start tomorrow at ten. Twelve, Karevi's locked in. Thirteen, I still think the jock hasn't done enough at this stage to lock that position down either.
2: I I'm still think
0: camp TK... I, I, still, I remember what TK can do. And I still think 13 is up for to debate too. So we're, what, we're looking at Hook perhaps 6, 13, 10 maybe. And then someone like Reese Hodge I think is still, because of his, I guess, lack of his acceleration on the wing there, he has a good, pretty good top line pace, but takes him a while to wind up. So
2: To turn I around, think, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think someone on that right wing, because I think Marique is locked in, I think on the right wing still we could have someone else trialled there. And then 15, if Banks is in the squad, I think he gets another chance. So that would be where I would say that there are opportunities for guys to come in. And that's why I'd want to play the top line guys in the positions we know so we can actually put it all together with other guys that we've actually like we want to see more of. And it's still like a top line team. But then again, like you're risking injury, you're risking guys getting burnt out even before the World Cup. So it depends on which way you look at this. I think it's going to be really interesting because, again, you could just pick your top-line team and say, well, let's pick the team from Perth. It did the job. It had one bad game. Why throw it all out the window? And that's, I think, more you, the argument you guys are saying.
1: Yeah, look, I, I think most teams are, are trying to develop their their best team at this point in the year, and I think you do that not by giving them a rest. I think you, you get them in the... In the uh, in the game, get keep the match fitness up, keep exposing them to new tactics and, and new opposition and new context of games where you're either way ahead or way behind or there's an injury in the, with the guy next to you and now you've got to do a new combination. And, and the only thing I would suggest, aside from playing the strongest team, is guys like Hooper. And you say, okay, well, Hooper's going to play. We know that. Samoa, we're not going to learn anything about him in Samoa. But who do we have who's going to fill his boots or another back row spot? If yeah. in the event of someone getting injured, so let's put them in and start letting them build a combination. And then you know the the front row. I, I agree with Archie. I think it's pretty much set at this point. I'd I, Based on form, oh, and he's the going performances, I, I don't actually no. I don't actually mind. <laughs> like I honestly, it doesn't bother me anymore. Tolu in the games he started or come off the bench has has stepped up to the level and he's you know it's been quality opposition. So I'm finally I, showing his
2: secret Tolu love. <laughs> True I no. down there. Just remember, I it. Don't,
1: don't, don't, don't paint me as something I'm not here. I, I don't, I don't think the guy... for so long. I know, I was, because he on he form, be in the he squad. didn't deserve the opportunity. And now that's still true. He didn't... He, he didn't necessarily deserve that opportunity. I'm still really surprised he, he got like... that spot over other people. You're like okay. bring but... Damien? Fitzpatrick in, mate. <laughs> no, no, no <laughs> but on form, gotta... I'm not saying I, I prefer them Like just in, in a vacuum. But on form, you've got to reward people on form because otherwise, oh. what is there to hope for if you're like, an in player who hasn't got a fancy name? Like, I don't
0: think that's realistic, though. Guys like James O'Connor come straight back in after playing OK for Sale the whole
1: year. He didn't really stand out he was sale. Yeah, That was in the yeah. blue for me. I never would have made that selection how. either. But, and then skelton
0: has been away on
2: holiday, and oh, he's going we to let, let the man finish, Toby. <laughs>
1: Skelton Skelton is not is not coming back, and if he does, that's just another really? out of the blue one that I can't agree with. Well, because, why would
0: Checker bring it up unless he's just trying to know. divert attention from the team know. overall? He's just trying to sell know. a storyline. I'm sick of you. They've been Skelton. chasing him for months. so don't be surprised if They need to focus on science. what they've
1: got, and this is my whole point: is that we have a team. And we should be letting them play and working on their deficiencies because you only learn about those by playing these guys over and over and over. If we're constantly changing and trying new guys, you're not getting enough vision of the same people to work out all the issues in their game. Someone and else I is watching we've... the two or three games they've played and going, oh, they didn't do this all th- very well all three times. We'll target that. And then you learn that they're not strong in that area in a game against the we... All Blacks. We have figured that, that out. three
0: games. We just did that for three games and it didn't still work enough.
1: In the end. Keep going. Okay, it
2: if I can time. just ask you which which position we won two out of those three games. games game. for us that
1: we
0: Sorry, we played we played okay against Argentina and we, we won, won well in Perth. We I would say one, number one, one. But if two if wins. you guys could pick one or two positions in the starting lineup that you would change, going on your theory that we we picked the best team for Samoa, which are the positions that you would still want to tinker with is well, there one like on i said for then
1: like i said no, Hooper. No, no, no.
0: Just... You, you're playing hooper for example like you're playing your top oh, line for your
2: front line team who would for you the... actually
0: change out if you had your way who would From you that aiden
2: park test
0: would you get rid of lucan would you get rid of Beal? like is there one guy that you would actually change in that starting lineup or you wouldn't make any changes
1: uh I wouldn't I wouldn't make many changes. i still I still want to see banks over Beal. I've made that point before, so I won't go back into that. Um, I think the rest of the back line is is pretty safe, except for maybe Hodge, but at the moment, because they it doesn't feel like we've kept the wing like I, I would have been talking about other people that aren't really in around the squad as maybe a potential better fit for that other wing. It's. I feel like my choices are now pretty much between um, Adam Ashley Cooper, DHP, and Hodge.
0: But still talking about else, Maddox coming back.
1: So yeah, so, so Maddox is someone who I would be. Maddox is someone who I would have been interested in seeing. Um, Hodge's had one particularly poor game. I think we talked about him as a, as one of the and better was, players. And he, he was so was.
0: good in Perth. He was a freak That's in right. Perth, and mm. then so, he had almost went the other way. So.
1: Yeah. So so to me now, because we haven't really had anyone else in and around, we've seen that Hodge can perform well. He didn't turn into a chump overnight. Someone exploited issues in his game, and he got shown up. So these are all professionals. They, you want to work with these guys to understand where they fell down and what they need to do better. Again, they've worked their way all the way up to the international side through rep and club and water and everything else. Clearly, they know how to work on their game. You Should be giving them that opportunity okay. to, to stick with the best team. But I'm still. So you're all
0: picking banks, and you're probably dropping Bill to the bench and flicking yes, AAC. Archie, yeah. what do you say? Do you make any changes?
2: I want Hooper rested. Whether that means you bring in Liam Wright, whether you want no, to no, give... no,
0: that's not what that wasn't the question. Remember, not for hand, Archie. All right. All right. All right. saying. I agree with resting Hooper, but I want to okay. say. World Cup no. final, what's your team right now? Go. That's my team. That's the same team? Okay. Same team. I like that you're keeping the faith, but I still think that there's room for improvement in seen certain position. we no, they, they, they can do it. No, they can do it. But it can't be one out of ten times they play. They need to do it like eight out of ten times. So they, they haven't of the time, played eight team out of ten, beats 10
1: games. The All Blacks, so. They haven't played eight out of ten games of the same squad in since forever. Yeah. The whole point is to keep it the Same team, so you can get the same 15 guys to win eight out of ten. At the moment, we haven't ever picked the same squad for this many games in a row. That's we just the picked
0: value. The same squad essentially for three games in a row, we won two of them. So, right now, we're at 66 percent. That's and still that's better, better, than than better winning 80%
2: percentage that we've had for a long time. But you
0: saw what the All Blacks did they dropped Ben Smith and they dropped Rico. Well, they said they rested Rico, Ben Smith was dropped. And they made two changes where they saw deficiencies and they worked. So I think we could still do that. Two two didn't pitches. win the whole game.
1: 13 other they guys would, they, or, or 12 They did other guys a lot turned to help. around. Yeah, but did, it, they did a the hell point, of point a is they stuck in most of their team, which is what I think yeah. we should be doing.
0: I agree, but I'm saying there's still three or four positions that need to be ironed out. I don't know I'm how I from you two positions
1: to three
2: or four
0: now. No, I went hooker, six, 10, 13, and that's probably it. I would still stick okay. with Hodge, to be honest.
2: Well, we'll probably be talking about this again before the actual game, so we'll have plenty of times to come back at it. Base, first-line reactions, guys. Skelton, does he come back, yes or no? Toby, I don't want discussion, just say yes or no.
0: They're in discussions right now that Skelton is not willing to come back, even if he misses half the Super Rugby season. He wants to play two more seasons with Saracens, which means he would sign Super Rugby in 2021, which goes against the rules currently in place. They want him to sign for the latter half of 2020 season with the team, but they won't get it done because he doesn't want to give up what he's gone through at Saracens, I think he's smart enough to stay with Saracens and not compromise, yeah. so I don't think he'll get picked.
2: Okay, doesn't play.
0: But Sounds- I think it's I think it's still in the works. And look, if Czech can sell it, sell him on this, I mean he missed out on a lot of the last World Cup, even though he's picked because he got injured, he's in top form. If they can somehow convince him, play one more full season with Saracens, probably win another title, come back to the Waratahs, we'll pay you this much, and you get to play the World Cup. It's a pretty good sell. So don't be surprised if he does take it up. I just think in his it's in his best interest to, to say no. But who knows?
2: Uh Toby hedging his bets as always. Leo, do you think you see him in the World Cup jersey?
1: I don't want to, and I don't know enough about it to say whether I think I. I, I just don't see any point. No.
0: You don't want just to. No. Okay. So you, you'd rather have Rob Simmons. You wouldn't have want to have Skelton, Rory Arnold, Isaac Rodder, and Adam Coleman. That's I'll the happily four, take
1: Rodder and, Ro- and Arnold any, and Coleman. Any squad. I'll happily. You can only have. You're only going to have three. And I want the three guys that have been there, developing combinations, line-outs, scrums this entire time. I'm not being bring a poster boy in at the last minute. No it's more. He's
0: not a poster boy. It's one of the, the best locks. to
1: make
0: He was one of the best locks in the premiership this year. So I don't think he's a poster boy. But I think he goes against.
1: I would have learned that off a of poster. Of poster because I have no other vision of him. He hasn't been involved in the team for how many years. I'm not interested in, in new faces at this point in time. It's too late. Give it up, Checker. Give it up.
2: All right, we'll leave it there. Other news that I just wanted to highlight, uh, one of the pod's favourites, Will Miller, signed down at the Brumbies now, um, looking to lock himself into that David Pocock role and take over. But they also have a wealth of back rows there, so it'll be interesting to see if he if he works out a starting spot in the number seven there down at the Brumbies next season. But that's a long way away from this point. But well done, Will Miller. Hi, mate. Yeah,
1: see you
0: king of the north and king of the south coast soon to be king of canberra what a legend
2: <laughs> building an empire um that's we should probably leave it there boys that's enough fiery discussion we need everyone some time to cool down toby um, <laughs> oh, yeah, i was pretty calm <laughs> no i like it i like i like the passionate discussions. Um, We'll keep everyone up to date on what's happening in all those games around. Make sure to continue to keep an eye on our social media Twitter at Running Rugby Pod or Instagram at Running Rugby Podcast. And make sure to download and press the subscribe button at Apple to iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks guys, for stopping in. We'll probably be off for about a week or two. Um, we'll be back possibly just before the Wallabies take on Samoa. We'll give a wrap up of everything that's happened in the interim and hopefully we'll have some World Cup squads to talk about as well, guys. Thanks for stopping by, and for all the rest of you, keep on running.
1: Run.
0: I see him so sad in the background, just standing there like, I used to be in the team. I and saw I'm in, the
1: in the Singapore.
0: Some little blonde guy took my <laughs> position. Yeah, I reckon that's why I got dropped, honestly. <laughs> and they're like, you're not in the team anymore. He's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to go back to Singapore. I don't care.
2: <laughs> Some- no, he, he, probably went, he probably went, no one can take my position. No one else plays 13. He's like, like oh, his jock. You're like, oh, oh no.
0: shit. But he's never played 13. Oh. <laughs> uh, Well, we don't care. Oh, damn it.